This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. You got me, Kevin Hagland. <laughs> you got Corey Majors, Mike Fasick, and Alec Medford as part of the show today. Our question, 877-881-1053. Let's go ahead and fire off cut number two if we can. The Super Bowl is set. Are you happy with the matchup we got? Wait. He's trying to push the pocket. Jackson throws deep middle to the end zone. Intercepted. Intercepted in the end zone. Intercepted by Deion Bush. What? Now, I wanted Baltimore to win, but I really wanted Detroit to win because I did not want to see the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Yet, neither of those things happened. Super happy. I have to ask this question. I know it's a little bit random, but it has to deal with Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Because you're rooting for the Ravens. I was. Did you root against Michael Jordan in the 90s? Did you get tired of him? Uh, I am not tired of Mahomes, yeah, by the way. Yeah, and I'm not either. Okay. I like Lamar Jackson. That, okay. I, I, yeah, I I'm, I'm not anti-Patrick yeah. Mahomes at all. I'll absolutely root for him I mean, I did to root, beat the 49ers. I did root for the Utah Jazz, but that was because of Duncanville's own Greg Ostertag. Not because you were tired of... No, I'm not tired of yeah. Patrick Mahomes but, by any means. I just like Lamar yeah. Jackson, and he came up very short. So yesterday. I'm just pumped that we're getting to see the greatest quarterback right now in the Super Bowl again. I just think that makes it fun. And look, I was rooting for San Francisco because I know how much it hurts Cowboy fans. So, and I do really like Brock Purdy. Uh, I like their game. I like, I like watching San Francisco play football. They play a winning playoff style of football. I wasn't going to be upset if Detroit made it at halftime. I was really, I thought, I was like, I can't believe this. Detroit's going to the Super Bowl. And see, I, to me, I just think, like, either way, it's the Super Bowl. You'll figure out fun narratives that everyone will be into. And these teams are obviously both very, very good. I just think it would have been really neat to see Kansas City against Detroit because where you started is where you're going to end this season. But also, you really would thought it was going to be perfect if it was Baltimore Detroit right that I would have loved but Kansas City Detroit I think would have been cool because like you were talking about are you in the midst of seeing the person who is going to eventually take over as the greatest of all time against maybe one of the most suffering not one of the most definitely one of the most suffering fan bases of all time it feels like all of Michigan maybe all of the United States would get behind the Detroit Lions versus the Chiefs I think it would have been amazing to see a team that's always there versus the last NFC team to ever make the Super Bowl. Yeah, that would have been I, that. That was probably the matchup that I that I really wanted to see the most. I actually wanted to see Kansas City and Detroit. Like that would have been my my perfect option there because, like you just said about Detroit, there's so many 
qualities about them. Sure. Dan Campbell, like the way that he's built this program, the way that he's gone about it, his aggressive nature, all these things work in his favor. I would have loved to have seen that. And there's some really good young players on that team that you're like, man, that's going to be tough to deal with for a while. Uh, I just could not bring myself to even think or fathom that San Francisco deserves it or they deserve it on style of play, the way they play football. And to be quite honest, Detroit looked exhausted by the end of that game. They looked like they'd been beaten up. And that's just what happens when you play San Francisco. But Mike, with Kansas City, I, I do root for how many times can this dude do it and how can he surpass Tom Brady? 35 playoff wins for Tom Brady. And right now... Patrick Mahomes is at 14, 14, which is tied for third. I think the uh, most ever in in a seven year career because his rookie year. That he is correct. Did. Yeah, and so like I I, I want to see how many of those I want to I would love for him to take all of Brady's uh, records and say I did it all. Co-sign. I took all the and not because I don't like Brady, but just because we can oh. go. That was another. We got to see two eras in our in our lifetime. We got to see the two best quarterback eras ever. Three, Montana. Oh, and Montana too. I probably didn't pay enough attention okay. at that time, but I got to see those too. It would have been. It would have been. It's. I'm hoping to continue to watch that. So, Plus, I need more Taylor Swift. And look, and Detroit got rid of a Swift in the off season to get bigger and stronger. Yeah, yeah, they got so, they, they got Montgomery. So they, they, they are like two. no Swift in our organization. And then you have the opposite where they're really Swifting. Let's get all the okay. Swift. Now, let me yeah. bring this point up. I thought this at halftime of the 24 to seven game. I thought. You know, this is really cool. Dan, Dan Campbell and the organization took a little bit of heat for going so run heavy with the way they were building the team. Like, they looked at Swift, and he was a good running back, but he was kind of um, uh, a finesse running back, would you say? I could see that. And so he's like, no, I'm going to get Montgomery, and I'm going to get Gibbs, and I'm going to have this very physical running style to go along with hey he has very skilled wide receivers out there too but i just thought wow if they win this copycat league does the league start going whoa detroit just did everything that we said is wrong with the league not going for it on fourth down but you don't want to build your team through offensive line and running you want to build it through quarterbacks and wide receivers and they're like no we're going to have two really big, strong, fast running backs, and we are going to pound the ball and really beat you that way come playoff football time. So there was part of me at halftime going, I wonder if the NFL is going to have to relook, not at ever giving a running back big money, sure. but like we need to draft these guys maybe a little bit higher than we're thinking so we have them for five years. And then over the – does that mean then – I'm seriously asking, does that mean over the span of a half – you sit back and go, okay, never mind. I think so. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yes, because the second half, as much as I just want to blame Dan Campbell for a lot of those sure. mistakes, there were mistakes on the field. The The fumble was backbreaking. The drop pass was, uh, I mean, Deadpool Reynolds. Yeah. They would have converted that fourth yes. down. Dead and, hands. And that's his they couldn't tackle in the second half. I'll also give this – got to give Christian McCaffrey credit for this. And this is the, this is the one thing. I don't know if y'all saw the, the, this moment. Uh, the linebacker for Detroit with the long blonde hair tackles him and throws him to the ground. And then Christian McCaffrey gets up and is ticked off. And he's – you can see him. He's, he says some words that I cannot say on radio. They were looking – I think he was looking for anything to light a spark under his team – 
And that moment I I felt was because on the next play he goes nuts, and the next uh, the rest of that drive he goes nuts. It's in this it goes into the second quarter that had just ended the first quarter. He goes nuts in the second quarter, and I think he goes into the locker room and he's like, "Look, man, we're just about to be more physical." They couldn't tackle Debo. They couldn't tackle McCaffrey in the second half. It was just like that, and I thought that was a, a turning point in that game because Detroit was owning everything. They were owning everything, and then they they lit a little fire under McCaffrey, and he was he needed one little thing to go. Okay, I we're gonna go. You're not gonna be out physicaling us today. He and con- they did. He continues to be very impressive, not just this postseason, but the postseason in general. 132 total yards, two touchdowns from yesterday, and I. I probably would have thought the same thing if it was the 49ers and the Ravens. But with the 49ers and the Chiefs, I don't look at this and say a fluky team got in there. Like, I realize agree. compared to, like, previous runs, this doesn't look like the exact same Kansas City team. But as you've gone along in the playoffs, man, and some of those balls haven't been dropped. Getting you rid know, of Kadarius Tony on the team really helped. By the way, yeah, we need to get to that in just a second. But you look at a San Francisco team that I think people have had healthy fear slash respect of all season long. Kansas City... Even when they were struggling, I don't feel that anybody was like, well, they're straight up done. And so I look at these two teams. They just aren't the same. Exactly. The way that they looked at Kansas City. But I still look at this as representative of, yeah, this is the best of the best in the league. I'm with you. Anytime that you get the best quarterback in the Super Bowl, you you, you really are going to like that Super Bowl. I'm not saying you're like, oh, you can hate. Obviously, if you're a Bills fan or if you're a fan of almost any AFC team, Baltimore you're probably not happy that Patrick Mahomes is back in a Super no Bowl, but, but you're rooting that. against him. Right. But you know, you're like, like, so you get that at least out yeah. of the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, this is what David Stern manipulated the whole NBA on, is make sure the best players are in the NBA Finals, and we'll deal with it from there. And so I do think when Patrick Mahomes is in this Super Bowl, I think most football fans will go, gosh, I might love him or hate him or not have a strong opinion, but it's really fun watching a guy that plays it at that high of a level. Is there a, because you asked this question, if I was rooting against Patrick Holmes, I'm definitely not. Is there a heavy contingent of people who dislike, specifically Mahomes, maybe the Chiefs in general, because I was joking with Corey before the show. I I know some people have Taylor Swift fatigue. What I said is I want to see a buddy comedy with Andy Reid and Taylor Swift, because they were pointing at each other on the stage, and I was like, I want to know more about those two's friendship. I don't know if I said that sentence right. You get my point. I think my sons were going for Baltimore. I think they get tired of me pumping up Patrick Mahomes so much, and they said, we're kind of tired of Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. So I think that as their kids, they wanted new blood in the Super Bowl and not to see Kansas City. I will say this. It got tiring. I love Tom Brady. I think he's the best I've ever seen. Very different from Patrick Mahomes, but it felt like for a seven-year period there, every time we went to the Super Bowl, it was New England Patriots, whether we were in New York or Houston or wherever. You're just like, every year we're here, it's Boston, Boston, Boston. And you almost felt like in those Super Bowls, you were getting a formulaic Super Bowl game. Like the way that the Patriots play football, you were like, you know exactly what to expect out of this. Yeah. So I guess people are getting tired of Kansas City. Maybe they're getting a little bit frustrated with, I'm being nice here, if you don't like Patrick Mahomes, like what he did to Jay Feely, but I just think that that's Michael Jordan in him. I think that he might, 10 years from now, 
Remember how much everybody loved Michael Jordan, Coca-Cola commercials, McDonald's commercials, his interviews. And then by the time he got to be near the end of his career, he was not as smiley anymore as he was the first half, at least, of his career. And obviously there's life things that happened to him. Uh, Divorce father gets murdered like a lot of things happen that probably changed his outlook on this world and you did say jay feely right i'm sorry he's justin tucker Tucker. i did say jay feely sorry he's the guy he's the guy who i don't know how much he gets paid to analyze two minutes of a three-hour game (laughs) but always uh, i still always think it's weird when they're like at gene or dean blandino and they're like hey we're gonna bring you in into the booth and show you off right now what What do you think of this field goal well it's 52 yards and it's outside let's see how it goes (laughs) thanks jay appreciate you man couldn't have said that one on my own well i watched him kick in pregame warm-ups and he kicked from 54 at this point you pretty much want to see him kicking a game is the biggest winner of all of this never i'm assuming having to hear about the color scheme conspiracy again is it all red it's all red now all red and yellow and because gold because if it would have been baltimore it would have been san francisco even though we talked about your hat from last year yeah. and maybe it didn't look exactly like the right colors that conspiracy is over and done with right i hope so yeah uh, unless maybe the nfl just planned it wrong uh, by putting that referee uh, on the on the, I told y'all last the week home team. that referee hates the home team. The percentages, the wins for the home, for the away team through the roof with that referee, hey. and it was out that way from the get. And man. I know we're not to baseball nuggets, but ten years ago, San Francisco beat Kansas City in the World Series. So I think there's a lot of Royals fans that want revenge here on the 49ers. Well, and th- they did they did have this game a couple a few years ago too, and Patrick Mahomes wins against San Francisco cuz Jimmy Garoppolo can't uh can't hit a Sanders, receiver downfield. Right? Yeah. Wide open by 5 yards, game over, San Francisco Super Bowl champs and he missed the throw. And I, I they've got to be sitting there saying we we were that close then and they've got to be looking at this game, at least Shanahan's got to be looking at this game going, "Okay, this is my opportunity." I get the same. Re- I get the rematch against Andy Reid, and I get to try and match wits with him. We're both great play callers, and I get this opportunity again, and it's not going to happen because I've got a better quarterback than I did whenever I was here the first time. Can I play a bit of audio that is from the game, so maybe not necessarily about what we were just talking about, just because it amuses me? Sure. All right, go to cut number 12. This is a penalty call from Ravens Chiefs. Holding offense number 76. 10-yard penalty, second down. At the end of the play, Tawny, offense number four. It'll be first and ten. Oh, he's, man. He's bringing he struggled, didn't he? Playoff in, that's playoff intensity. He lost his voice in that. That felt he's still like, battled. Yeah. He still he battled. Did. Yeah, you got to be proud of the, of the way he fought through it or attempted to. I mean, he didn't. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that, that was that was, was tough for him, notch. man. That was very tough to listen to. We're the KNC masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, it's our Luca Appreciation Post. How the Superstar's Amazing Night highlights his greatness 
and the roster's issues all in one. Let's do it next right here on The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Don't stop now. Lucas splits a double. Keeps the dribble alive. All the way to the hoop. Scoop to the hoop with a foul. Point yeah. 71 and 72. KNC Masterpiece right here. On 105.3, the fan and Luca would get to point number 73. Now, I realized that happened on Friday, and then the next day. That was next day was Saturday. It's true. And then Kyrie came back and really helped out. No, oh. that you know that didn't happen. When's that going to happen? Never. <sighs> okay, let's one thing, one issue at a time, Mike. I was, but I hope you would be happy about this. No, I was super happy about it. I will say this. I was talking to my Jake, who's 15 years old, and I said, you know what I'm a little bit perturbed with, and I'm not saying he should average 73 points a game. I'm not saying he should average <laughs> probably good. 50 points a game. But after he made those remarks and got a fan kicked out and had played, even though his numbers look good, wasn't playing at a high energy level or a focus level for three games – I was like, you know what? He could be by far the best player in the NBA. Like, there should be no doubt. The only doubt would be, well, his team doesn't win in the playoffs because they're not good enough. Sure. And I'm not saying he's going to ever have another 73-point game because you kind of have to have a team that decides not to double-team him for three quarters right. while he's super hot. And they're like, you know what? Let's really stick to this Derrick Jones Jr. guy. He might he might start getting off here, and we need to really make mm-hmm. sure that uh, that stays in check. Mm-hmm. So – Watching that game, I'm like, wow, he's the best player in the NBA if he wants to be. Will he ever want to be? Will he ever really do this? Not 73 points or last night or the other night, 17 assists, you know, and he didn't shoot the ball well, but it wasn't because of lack of focus. It was because he's probably super tired after 45 minutes of scoring 73 points. I just, I watch him and I'm like, Wow, what if he had 
the kind of, I say, focus of Jordan or LeBron, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if yes. he'll ever have that. But when you do see him focused and you see him against the Phoenix Suns in a game seven in the playoffs, or you see him in these moments where he's where he turns into all focus and all concentration is on the game of basketball. It's not on the fans. It's not on the referees. It's not, you know, he is. He's one of the best you can ever watch, but will he stay that focused ever? And that... I think that game perfectly encapsulated what we talked about that Thursday or Friday is Luca was, it was unbelievable. It's one of the more astonishing things you'll ever see, but they won by five points against a team that's terrible. And so like when we talk about the construction of the rest of the roster or the talent deficiencies, or if you, this year you think like Broadus talked about the injuries with Kyrie continuing to be out is even with a historic performance, you eked out a win against a team that's not good. I thought They you, desperately needed him to win a game. Yes. They need, desperately needed him to score 73. I think you saw all facets of what's great and what's wrong with the Mavericks all in that same game. I Can I also say what's also wrong with the NBA? Like that I I I don't know why like what's happened but the fact that we're getting like nightly 130 point games by, from both sides is weird to me. It's it's all star game every night. And yeah. I'm like, hold on. And I don't want to go back to the Spurs 77 to 72 games. Right. I don't. Ugh. But it's just I don't even know what is great anymore because it just seems like everybody's going off for 60 plus and they have to score 130 plus. Well, in a way, the the only way you can double dribble is to dribble it with two hands at the same time. Like, <laughs> like you can grandma side. You can you can literally, you know, you can palm the ball for at least a second and make your decision, do I want to pick this thing up or do I want to re-dribble? You can't close out on guys, right? Because if you get underneath them at all as they jump forward, even though they're jumping forward a foot, that means you have to give them a two-foot landing space, so you can't really block jump shots that well or get in the way of their jump shots. Guys are able to, we call it the Euro step, but it's really three jumps. Or yeah. you know, you you jump one way, jump the other way, and then maybe you stay that way or jump the other way. So you're kind of triple jumping, Euro stepping, which you couldn't do back in the day. So they're allowing so many things to your point that it defensively has to be really tough. You don't know when they're going to pick up their dribble because you're allowed to carry the basketball for a while. When Luca posts up, it's amazing. You're like, wow, he really just held the ball there for a whole second and <laughs> put it back down, and they're just fine with it. You know, So I think that I'm not crazy about the new NBA. Like, If you go watch and one back in the early 2000s, You'd be like, man, they're really playing subdued basketball here. Like, why don't you carry the ball like they do now? Yeah. You know? For but, but but yes, but you need Luca if that's what we're discussing here. You still need Luca and and you still need like you're still trying to build around that dude. And I think that there's a possibility that if your roster is better and more competitive whenever so that he can get deeper into playoff games. That, he, that that focus might change if he really believes that he has a chance. Well, and, and that's what I would hope that things like this would be a wake-up call and be like, hey, that's unbelievable. Hey, what else should we put around him or figure out a way to put around him so you don't need that to win a five-point game over a not-good Hawks team? You know what's tough, too, is, and I know another time maybe, sorry, but we're not creating any chemistry with Kyrie and Luka. They're better when than they're last out, year, yeah. but 
you know Kyrie's already eliminated from all uh, NBA teams? Because of how many he's missed? Yeah. He can't play in 65 games already this year. He's already missed 19 games. So you just start looking. He's missing. Are they playing tonight against Orlando? Yes. Yeah, he's he's already out tonight, too. Yeah. So that this will be his 20th game missed in the 47 games played. And he's going to miss more games. He's probably going to miss another 10 games. So yeah, it's unfortunate that Dwight Powell landed on him because yeah, but, we are, we're already going to get a, a, a chunk of games yeah. missing from him. And then Dwight Powell added to that. So I look at it and I go, all right. The All-Star break's coming up. They're going to have about 30 games left after the All-Star break. And how many games are Kyrie and Luka going to play together? 20 of those 30? I'm going to guess because Luka's going to have to sit out one or two at least that they're going to give him a night off or he's really hurt. And then Kyrie's going to ask to carry the load. But that's not how we create a good basketball team. They have to play together approximately 35 minutes a night on the court to create what we would hope to be this dynamic duo that really knows how to play off of each other. And I think the frustrating thing is I was, I don't know if optimistic is the right word. I was hoping we were moving in the right direction with Kyrie because last year he played 60 games, which I realize is still three quarters of the season, give or take, but it's the most games he had played in a few years. And then if not for the Dwight Powell injury, well, caused That was 12 games. Yeah. Would we be to the point where he's like, Wow, let's say he missed one or two in the mix, but you're like, all right, him and Luca both missed about five, six games. Right. And you're like, rock and roll. And so that part is what's really killer do, about this all, too. Do you think because it seemed like it seemed that Luca got frustrated with KP missing that much time, right? Yeah. Uh, but he's probably not frustrated age, with Kyrie, I guess. I don't probably know. Probably Luca's not this season. Luca's a little more mature and Kyrie, I think in a way you kind of know what you're getting with Kyrie when it comes to games played. Like you said, the most games he's played in uh, in the last about seven years is 2018-19. He played in 67 games, but he's usually right around 60 games or 55 games played in a season. So um, do you think that Nico and Cuban, I guess since Cuban's running all basketball operations now, um, do you think that they know the lack of talent on this team? Like, we can complain about it. I think it. one of them does. You think Nico? Uh, yeah, I do not. Look, we've talked about this before. I, I do not believe that about Mark Cuban because we joked about it, what was it, like two years ago, that he literally said they had three of the most underrated players in the league. And I'm like, maybe one of them. But if you're like, hey, half of our you know top six or a third of our top nine – are the most underrated players in the league. Maybe they're not all the most underrated players in the league. Maybe you have just mislabeled them in terms of how good they are. If it was one, sure, that happens all the time. But he's like, also this guy, also this guy. And you're like, yeah, or maybe you just fall in love with your talent when you should. Yeah, and I, I guess I go back to like the Chandler Parsons was the prize possession. Sure. Uh, that Because that was his clubbing buddy. Yeah, and he was like, and we're going to, and he's going to help me recruit everybody. And so that's where that's where I get kind of caught up in the I don't know what his talent evaluation is and who who he lets help in that assist in that. But you're right, Kevin. Whenever it, whenever it comes down to, I have a really good star, and you know what? Maybe I don't need everybody else to be that good. Maybe that maybe that's what he thinks. I don't need everybody else to be that good because this one guy, these two guys are really what. Maybe 
it feels like a lot of times a lo- you'll hear an owner or a GM say something along the lines of, it's only a couple of guys that really run the team, that really run these championships anyway. But it looks like it's the full team of talent to make it happen. And the shame of it is, let's say that Cuban, the Mavericks, whoever, did come to a realization about the draft not being stupid. First of all, you lost, you know, I don't know, 12 years in the middle of that being like, well, who cares? Draft picks are dumb. And now that you see how Derek Lively is paying out, and like, I realize it doesn't always hit for you like that, but you do see the potential of, hey, this is how you get super young players for nothing, is you can't do anything about it to build on that momentum because you're probably going to lose your first round pick because of the way you use to do business. But I'm hoping they take note of that going forward and being like, hey, this is actually a valuable tool. I hope for our sake, after Luca had this episode against Phoenix, and it was leading up to that, there was a the, even the couple games before where his numbers were outstanding. I think he had a 30-point triple-double yeah. against, I can't remember who it was, Boston, I think they <laughs> lost by nine. Yes. Um, is, I don't know, can he keep this focus on the game of basketball and keep out the distractions of the referees. The referees are going to make bad calls. Can he stay into the game without losing his focus and then transferring that focus to a referee or then transferring that focus to fans and not in a proper way? Like sometimes like, all right, I'm going to show this fan. Like I remember there's a clip where Michael Jordan against Utah, guy was like, dunk on somebody bigger. And so then he dunks on like Mark Eaton. He looked at that <laughs> fan. He goes, is he big enough? Like, yes. oh so like, no, he's, he's dead on. That's exactly what, that's what Michael Jordan would do. He would go, if, you, giant if you're going to say something, NBA. then I will, I will seek the moment to go put it in your face. I'm just wondering, like, can we get that? Do you think we'll get? No. I know not 73-point Luka. Like, that's silly to say. Like, I think he's going to score the fourth most points in an NBA game ever. But, like, do you think we can get that guy that we've seen the last two nights? Yes. If, and this needs to happen, if he experiences heartbreak in the playoffs. Now, Now, on a nightly basis in the regular season, I don't know. I don't know how much he craves the home court advantage, number one uh, seed. Like Dirk did, you know, once Dirk was like, oh, man, that's so important. It changed everything. I feel like the way they built around him and the way they even focused during the playoffs. I think he needs to experience that true heartbreak because the time he was in the playoffs a couple of years ago and they made it to the Western Conference Finals, man, dude, we did it. Like that was mission accomplished right there. That was everything we needed. So I think he needs to experience the the passion and losing it uh, a, a way that that makes him go, man, I might never have this opportunity again. Now, a a few things about the 73-point night in particular. In the last 12 months, four players have scored 70 or more points, which is... Weird. That is super weird and amazing. And Embiid scored 70 points on the same day of the year that Kobe scored 81, and then Luka scored 73 on the same day of the year that Kobe had passed away. So I thought that coincidence was super duper weird. And then Luca, most points in franchise history, new career high, one of 15 70 point games in the history of the NBA, tied for the fourth most points in a single game ever, and the most points scored in a game this season. So I, I realized Friday night, I don't know if people are like out and about or whatever, but it was historic right. for a variety of reasons, and they won.
stupid question because Atlanta decided about with 10 minutes left in the game, like, you know what? We might want to change our defense against this guy. He <laughs> yeah. has 65. And it was like, wow, took till 65. But at that point, they did double team him pretty strongly. The, the rest of his buckets came from either transition kind of situation or free throw line because they were doubling him so hard as soon as he crossed half court for the most part. Do you think we'll ever see Luka? I'm going to lower the number to start off this question. Do you think we'll see him score 60 points again in a game? Not yeah. this year, in his career. Yeah, I do. Yeah, 70. Yeah. Uh, because I'm going to convince Tim McMahon to tweet out before the game, you ain't got it tonight. We need to play a team like Atlanta that just seems to not <laughs> care about changing their defense. But to your point, other guys are doing this and teams aren't changing their defense against those guys either. Do you think he could ever get to a Kobe 81 game? If somebody's going to do it because of his varied skill set, I can see him doing it. It's just, I mean, that's tough to say, but yeah. because only two people have ever scored more than his 73, it's just rare. Oh, yeah, that's true because Wilt did it. It's just rare for that to happen. Yeah. So I, I, I just can't see it happening. I can't see him getting to that point. Uh, no, I mean, I you hope that you have, in a way, this is where. I hope you have better teammates that he doesn't feel like in these games. I better go for 70 right, tonight. Right. <laughs> like, that's that's kind of why yeah, probably. And maybe because of the way the league has changed, it will happen. Yeah, and often. you just can't. You can't. I know J.J. Redick went on a rant, but, like, the game is so much more finesse than it was 20, 30 years ago. Because you can't get underneath guys when they shoot. You you can't do certain things. You can't goon anybody anymore. You can't right. go out there and send out the yeah, goon like, and say, just go beat him up. Yeah, like when Carl Malone got tired of Isaiah Thomas, he's like, hey, let's see how you play with no teeth in your mouth yeah. anymore. Like that, And that was just a regular foul. They're like, well, yeah, you knocked your teeth out, but, I mean, that is two free throws if you'd like no to shoot them. Okay, well, that's true. But you know who else I feel bad for, Jason Kidd, is Josh Green. Did Josh Green have his best game of the season yeah. on Friday night? And people are like, Whatever, 22 points, yeah. yeah whatever. Did you, I mean, like, Booker had 62 <laughs> n that night, right? Yeah. Did you already say that? I did not. Yeah, Booker had 62, and, it, and Luca's like, mm-mm, I'll show you. Yeah, yeah, so Josh Green, congratulations, man. So if man. you could just get Devin Booker talk trash about Luca before the game and Tim McMahon to be like, he looks like he's loafing out there, he could get to 81. <laughs> we can do it. We're the can -see Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, it's time for Baseball Duggets with Mike Passer. All right, so one of the markets is dried up. Does this market start to heat up this week? We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Next. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 Through the Fan right now. It's time for some baseball nuggets with Mike Basick. All right, so hopefully a lot of Texas Ranger fans went out to the Globe and they had a fun time. At FanFest. Obviously, it was sold out. I heard there were a lot of people there. I, I saw pictures through social media with, like, Max Scherzer, like, reading a, I don't think it was a Christmas story. but no, he was reading a book. Yeah, yeah he was reading a book. It kind of looked like a, a Christmas yeah. story type of setting uh, to kids. And, obviously, uh, a lot of autographs 
were had. I know that some people didn't get all the autographs that they wanted, and I told like there was a lot of people there, and guys were there to meet people and sign as much as they could. But uh, hopefully, they had a great time. I would like somebody though to text in. This is very personal to me. I haven't been out to the ballpark in a little bit. The Globe. Are they selling blue jerseys in adult sizes? I know that they sell them blank on the back, and then you have to pay to get. For me. My son really wants a Josh Young jersey, but he he doesn't want white because he has a white Corey Seager jersey. So he wants the blue with Texas across it. And I know that recently they only have the white jerseys for sale out there with the players' names on the back or because their names aren't on the back or they have the new uh, Nike jerseys. Why am I drawing a blank? With the Peagle and everything. Oh, yeah. They have those, but they don't have blue or gray. And my son was kind of hoping to get a blade, a blue Josh Young jersey. So I guess they do have that shop open. Is it open all the it's time? It's open all Yeah, you go yeah. there right now. I believe, well, I think it opens at 11 a.m. Because I was about but, to say, like, the stadium hasn't been open. Do you want to go now? We, yeah. Let's, uh, Mike, we'll be back. Okay. See you guys later. I will handle the rest. The rest of baseball <laughs> nuggets is this it looks like. After Josh Hader signed with the Houston Astros, the five-year, $95 million deal, now all the other relievers have signed. I know there's a few out on the marketplace, but if you look at Araldis Chapman, went to the Pirates. And then you look at, right now, Adam Ottavino, he signed with the Mets. Alex Wood signed with the A's. And he can be a, uh, he can be a starter slash reliever. I'm not exactly sure uh, how he's going to be used. Hector Neris, after we thought we might go after him. Yeah. Uh, I think the Rangers chose David Robertson. Sure. I mean, when you really look at the the contract, Robertson got about a million and a half or two million more because there's a little incentive-based stuff in there, but they signed David Robertson to about a million dollars more because Naris at least reportedly is signing for a one-year $9 million contract with the Cubs. Can we stop on that for a minute then? Yeah. We, would you have preferred the way it played out then? Like, are you okay with that? Here's where I'm okay with it, and this is where you get a lot of leeway now. You won the World Series. So they're saying they believe – I'm sure that they had their choice because they offered more money. Like, if they had a $10.5 million pot or $11 million pot for a reliever, if I had my way, I think I probably would have wanted Stevenson, who signed a three-year contract. Now, maybe the Rangers didn't want anything to do with a multi-year contract. Does he sign with uh, the Angels? Right? Don't I have that right? That's off the top of my head. Let me double check that. With Tampa Bay. But from Tampa Bay, I think it was with the Angels. Because I was like, oh, he's not going to get a lot of games to close there. But the Rangers decided Robertson was their best choice uh, over Hector Neris. And maybe Neris didn't want to come to the Rangers. I, I can't imagine. Like, no, I'd rather not go to the Rangers and get a million and a half less money to go to the Cubs. That wouldn't make a lot of sense. So the Rangers decided to give that money to David Robertson. But when you start looking now at the free agent relief pitchers, it's pretty much over. There's a few names there, but the Rangers are done. If they get another relief pitcher, it would definitely be through trade. It will not be through, I don't think it'll be through free agency. And and that would be like my anticipation for them this year is we have a really good club that just won the World Series. Let's see where we are heading through the season. Some guys might not be healthy early. Let's see if we can get one later. I guarantee you this. As long as the Rangers are in it in June slash July, which I think they will be. I mean, unless a lot of injuries, they will be a team contending for a playoff spot. And I think for the division, 
they will be desperate to trade for a left-handed reliever. I think that I think Chris Young already knows that. He the market played out in a way that he's just like I'm okay with going with kind of an all-righty bullpen for the most part. I get Brock Burke will be in there. I get you know at times maybe you'll have um, Bradford or you'll have Heaney if they're not starting. But I do look at it and go okay. He's probably, when I say he, Chris Young in June, July, will probably be trading for a left-handed relief pitcher from a non-contender to help out the bullpen. Because I do like this. Jose LeClerc was unbelievable in the playoffs. I have no problem with him and Spores being the eighth and ninth inning guys. And now you sign David Robertson to come in and help out with your seventh and eighth inning. And when guys, uh, a guy like, let's say, LeClerc goes on the injured list for a week or uh, he needs a couple days off because he's a little bit overworked. Well, you can have Spores or Robertson close the game out. In fact, Yates has a little bit of closing experience too. I mean, he's getting to the age where you wonder closing. I'm not sure, but uh, the bullpen looks solid from a right-hander standpoint, yeah. but I do think that they'll be looking for a left-handed reliever around the trade deadline. Now, moving the story along. All right, the Rangers' bullpen, it is what it is. Hopefully, they have a great year. Bullpens are hard to predict. I do think this week we're going to get Scott Boris to make a decision on Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery. They're they're both of his clients. So I do think now when you start looking at the market and it playing out, if the relievers are done, so all the teams have signed all the relievers that mattered. Now I think teams go to, all right, how much are we really going to give Blake Snell? How much are we really going to give Jordan Montgomery? So I'm really hoping this week, I'm not predicting this, I'm really hoping we get a pleasant surprise that Jordan Montgomery's coming back to the Texas Rangers. But I am not betting on that. I don't know anything. But I do think that this week, I have a feeling that Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery are going to make their decisions. So all I heard right there, was that Boris is convincing both Snell and Montgomery to sign here on one-year deals. That's what you took from that? That's exactly what I got out of that. And so we're going to have two dominant left-handers on the bump for us this year. So can I ignore the Evan Grant interview from Friday when he's like, my gut feeling right now is Jordan Montgomery's not coming back. I think that's the proper gut feeling, to be yeah. honest. I think that when you look Got at Got Corey's gut feeling. I think where you look <laughs> at where the Rangers are at financially, especially after giving Robertson yeah. the deal, I do think that they went over the threshold. If if the articles are correct, and you can manipulate money a little bit in the way that you manipulate money in an NFL salary cap, and there's no cap in Major League Baseball, but there are penalties for levels you go over, is I I just don't think I'm hopeful but I don't think they're going to sign a starting pitcher to a multi-year deal at over $20 million a year. I hope I'm wrong. I hope we get really excited about it. My son asked me this as we were watching something this weekend on both those guys. He goes, if you had your choice, who would you rather have, Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery? Stupid question because I don't think the Rangers are even bidding on Blake Snell. But if I, if I gave you... If I gave you that question, it's fun to play hypothetical, even though we know it's not happening. Would you rather have Blake Snell at, at like, let's say, $5 million more per year? I think I'm taking Jordan Montgomery, and I realize I might be falling into an unfortunate trap here, but I'm just like, yeah, I saw what he can do here. I saw how he can thrive on the big stage, and I want I like how Blake Snell wants to be the best. Like, he does want to be the best pitcher, and the dude has been – you know, top three, top two pitcher before plenty of times. I think I'm going to go with familiarity with Jordan Montgomery and the yeah. way he fit in and 
I mean, he was he was a, a huge reason. That diving catch was, I still think, well, a turning point in the whole the whole the run to the World Series. I mean, him and Evaldi were the leaders, right? I mean, those were the guys that gave For you sure. a chance to win. There had other guys pitchers. stepped up here and there, but I mean, you had two starting pitchers and two relief pitchers. That's where. Uh, you know, my buddy, who's the Philly scout, Amazing. Mike Koplov, like, I just can't believe you guys are doing this with two starting pitchers and two relief pitchers, that you're winning all of these I games. I don't think I still can either. I know it happened, but man. I know other guys in moments stepped up, but when you're having to scout a team, you're going, well, I mean, Montgomery and Valdi's a really nice one-two combination, struggling with a third starter here in the playoffs, and then they only have two relief pitchers that are pitching well. Everybody else is struggling to really do their job. Uh, in these situations, and they won it all. Now, with Blake Snell, it's, I just wonder this, and I'll end it here. I wonder how much issue uh, he's having that he started off the season 1-5 with an ERA in the mid-fives, and then he did win the Cy Young, and it was amazing from there. But he has been a little bit of an inconsistent pitcher, so even though he's a Cy Young winner, I just wonder, he's probably wanting that – I'll, Jacob DeGrom contract. I'm sure Boris wants a Jacob DeGrom contract. I don't think he'll get close yeah. to that. But I just wonder if he's like, well, I'll take 10% less than what DeGrom got if they're if, if they're running into issues and he almost wants Snell to sign first because he's going to be the big contract with Montgomery and then he can work off Snell and go, well, Snell got this, Montgomery should get 10% less than that and only 10% less. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 through the Fan, Corey. It's your choose-your-own-adventure opportunity. Would you like to talk about the Cowboys or get a helping of that playoff porridge? Mm. Cowboys finally did it. Shut up. <laughs> you know what? Let's get some porridge action. Hey. Well, we'll do. No, no, a lot well, of Cowboys, no. A lot of a, Cowboys are playing football this week. I was told that this is a Dallas station, uh, <laughs> so Kevin, maybe we should stick with that. You know what? Let's let the Tolos decide. Ooh. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.